Hello and welcome to Point Streak, a podcast where we talk everything gaming and the issues that concern gamers. We're all members and contributors at Enthusiax.com and thank you once again for joining us. You can follow us on Twitter at Enthusiax or check out our YouTube channel, Channel Enthusiax, where all our video content and Let's Play resides. Uh, I am your user, usual host, Jeff or Baron Fang, and uh, this evening I'm joined by Goose. How are you? Doing good, doing very good. By uh, Vernon once again. Hello. And Tony, how are you, Tony? Doing well, sir. So, what has everybody been playing? Uh, I'll start with you, Goose. What what you've been up to? I've been doing a bit of old school gaming, playing um, Ogre Battle '64. <laughs> wow. I was at a a con on the weekend and saw one of the gaming stands. They had uh, they had uh, Episode One Pod Racer <laughs> running. I think on an N64 in the corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, how about you, Vernon? What have you been up to? Uh, what have I been up to? Um, reading comics, working, and making videos. But uh, mm. I do want to get back into um, Elder Scrolls V Skyrim, not the not the, uh, the, the, the the most recent edition that was released for next-gen consoles, but uh, but just the 360 version, the Ultimate Edition. Oh, okay. You, you've gone through it before this is just revisiting that or um i went through a decent amount of it on the ps3 like a year or two ago Mm -hmm. and uh yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna revisit it on 360 since i have it it seems like i'm the only one not on the skyrim train these days (laughs) um how about you tony what have you been up to well you're not alone uh i haven't been playing skyrim so uh there's (laughs) that but uh what i have been playing is a lot of uh titanfall 2 actually i picked that up last weekend and Really, really enjoying that game. Uh, single player is definitely good. Now they actually know what's going on in the story, and uh, <laughs> Titan, the original game couldn't do that. Yeah. And uh, player is fun, but yeah, all around a very well-rounded game. Yep. It's uh, not every day that a AAA title gets it so wrong the first time around and fixes most everything the second time around that satisfyingly. So too early to call it a trend, but nice to see. <laughs> I'm already, uh, I've already hearing some uh, potential Game of the Year talk from a few people about it, although it is late in the year, obviously. But uh, yeah, it's getting some good raps. I, for myself, have been uh, back uh, in, to indie titles again. I've actually been playing a lot of Don't Starve and Don't Starve Together, which I'm years late to the party on there, <laughs> but uh, really enjoying that, uh, whether single player or multiplayer. It's uh, pretty fun and uh, like most titles from Clay Entertainment, pretty high quality. Um, let's get to uh, our topic at hand here. This is, uh, I know I say this all the time, this is another topic that's been on my to-do list for a while and uh, has just been bumped down the list by either interesting Nintendo announcements or life or whatever else getting in the way. But uh, let's, uh, we, we brought up the subject of music in the wider discussion of games as art uh, a while ago, and I thought we'd get to the topic of music and soundtracks generally. Um, now, as I too often do, uh, I'm going to go a little little old school to, to start here. Um, I, I go back to the days of the uh, Coleco and Atari 2600 when music was limited, but uh, not, I, I wouldn't say unimportant, um, right through to the era when, you know, the storage and um, game media was on CDs, and for a brief while there, it was actually popular to include actual CD music tracks alongside with the disc data, which, man, uh, thinking back to that, that ever even worked kind of surprises me. 
to the current Those day. were the days. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the, the days where uh, a, a mere scratch wouldn't just affect the loading time, but could, could potentially crash the game when the music started to play. I'm uh, glad they moved on from that. Uh, to the present day where you know music is could be old school or, or anything in between, uh, right up to full orchestral pieces. Um, there certainly is a lot more variety of music these days. I don't know that I'd go out on a limb and say that it's uh, better across the boards in terms of quality, but uh, certainly a lot more variety than there was when uh, you were getting mono sound chip tune uh, when I was uh, a youngin. Um, I, I might start by asking a, a fairly general question. Um, how? I'll start with you, Goose. How important do you think uh, music is in, in a game? I, I, I'm thinking back to a time when you know graphics were less Im- less impressive there was no voice uh there was just a lot less going on i don't know about you but i found back then the music stood out to me more because it was a more uh important it was a more significant piece of the package overall um has that changed at all for you with modern games or is it still as important as it ever was to me, I feel like the music in any game, be it old or new, is at least half the experience. Mm. Give an example, if you mute pretty much any game, it doesn't have near as much impact. In fact, the most recent game I think that really struck me of how the music was so important to it was actually um, Halo. Mm. I actually got into the original Halo a few weeks back, and it just really goes to show you just how important the score really can be to what otherwise would just be a basic game. The score can help elevate it above the rank and file. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, and I know we'll get back to Halo and Marty O'Donnell shortly, Tony. So <laughs> oh, you know it. You know it. <laughs> uh, how about you, Vernon? Now, obviously, um, even though you're a few years behind me, uh, you've you've obviously got a lot of old school experience. Uh, is is it as important as it ever has been music, or is it just is it something that really varies from game to game in terms of how important it is to the experience? I feel like it's important overall. Um, you know, back then, you know, with our ColecoVisions and you know, up into the uh, Nintendo Entertainment System, the Atari, uh, even the Sega Genesis, like there were no voice actors, there were no voices. There, you know, there might have been scrolling text or uh, some some pickable dialogue options, but there was no voice acting. There, there was no. Uh, there, there was no need for it. Uh, well, not not necessarily no need for it, but there wasn't a there wasn't a I guess a a demand for it and things like that. But as time went on and as mo- <laughs> I almost said movies, um, as video <laughs> games became more like cinematic and people wanted them to be more like movies, we added in voice acting. But when you didn't have voice acting, you had to um, they, they had to work harder on the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the you know the music conveyed emotion, the music conveyed character sometimes, and I feel like I feel like it's super important even now, especially with uh you know with voice acting. I think sometimes music is lackluster. Um, I'll give you an example for uh, the the original Dragon Ball Z uh, Xenoverse. Um, when you're in like just like the regular hub roaming around this this massive world. It's got this stupid music that just is on repeat. There's no kind of like it's not it's not compelling and it's not even like it's it's fun after like it's fun before the first like 20 minutes and then you I mean it's an RPG so you got to kind of ro- roam around and you know build up your character and and just I I turn off the music whenever whenever I play the game cuz it, it it's that grating. Mm, yeah. Uh Tony, um I 
I mean, we've had this discussion before. We we both agree that music can make or break. Is it? I might go a step further with you and say, is is the the choices that a, a, a developer makes with the music or a publisher in reality, in some cases, are are they going to affect your experience of a game enough that it's going to affect your decision whether to buy or or where it's going to rank in your pantheon <laughs> of of games uh or or yeah. is it uh you a bit more forgiving on that point i'm honestly i think i'm a little more forgiving on that end i mean yeah music is obviously more important as as we've all been discussing it's it's grown in importance i think over the years um but is i don't like there's no i don't think that i've ever had an experience where you know a game soundtrack or the score i was really like wow that doesn't fit or that's you know it takes away from the experience in my opinion it only adds to it like i, I mm. can't really recall an experience where i was like wow that really doesn't fit i mean i can get into um game noises you know like soundtracks maybe weapon yeah. sounds and all that but it's, if we're just sticking to the topic of music and scores i don't again i don't really think i've ever had an experience it took away from it mm. but i do still think when it works and it works well it, it definitely adds to the experience so i don't know if i'm kind of maybe out in left field on that one but like i said it doesn't really like i don't really go into it like looking forward to the music necessarily it's just kind of like a, a welcome mm. addition yeah. you know what i mean if it works if not i'm like eh, you know like this isn't like you said this isn't going to be like make or break my you know purchasing decision yeah yeah i i i know that there are others that uh are a bit more um effusive in the, in their views uh we you know the subject of halo came up before uh marty o'donnell obviously had a long and fruitful relationship with bungie that disintegrated uh around the release of uh was it five or or was it destiny, uh, destiny. yeah um you know that was a situation though where i think people you know that many entries into a series or in this case ongoing games from the same company were you know kind of attached to a particular uh in this case composer and uh you know it's one of the only instances i can think of where there was a you know i i don't know that i go so far to say there was a threat threatening of a revolt but there was a lot of uh salt <laughs> over that decision and uh well i don't know that it would have hurt their sales per se you know a lot of people had expectations about what the standard of music and score was going to be for bungee games going forward and him not being involved anymore uh certainly affected that i i uh it's funny i, I guess it has to be a it's got to be a series of games that's particularly it has you know particularly loyal fan base for you to get that point. But uh, you know further to your point earlier, Vernon. I mean, I've I've had experiences where bad music has ruined an experience for me. Uh, how, how about you, Goose? Is a uh, bad choices or just poorly executed music ever just put you off a game to the point where you just dropped it? <laughs> Personally, I haven't played anywhere the music has been that bad. But I definitely know of games that were. Yeah, there's a couple of infamous ones out there. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure Angry Video Game Nerd <laughs> could probably point you to a few that were just <laughs> beyond oh, yes. beyond nuts. Uh, what What is it about world map music that they they get wrong so many times? You know, it's the music you're going to hear the most in the game. You'd, you'd think it would be in their interest to have it be not completely grading. Um, the the subject of games for which music is central to the gameplay or the experience itself is something that came to mind uh, not long after Tony uh, insisted that I finally get my hands on Transistor. Um, that that's a game that's a game where it was deeply woven with the design and the aesthetic, 
And uh, without spoiling things too much for the game, Tony, it, it had, of course, the, the unique problem, not a problem, I, I think a twist of the main character loses her voice, and yet they're still able to pepper in all this very interesting music where she's just humming which I, I've never I've never seen anything like that. I, I think I could be wrong here, but there's really only two songs in the game where you actually hear her voice proper, right? And the rest of the time she's just humming because that's all she can do uh, as per the right. plot of the game. Right. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure actually the other cool thing about that that I really enjoyed is those two songs. I'm pretty sure one was implied to be like you know that was her like hit song before she lost her voice before right. you know the events of the game started. And I think the the last track. Well, again, don't want to spoil anything, but uh, it's 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 symbolic in where it is in her in the life, you know, or where she is in her life at that point. I think. Yeah. So yeah, very yeah, that was a game that it was very very central to, like you said, to the you know the mechanics and the and the game itself. So yeah, that was that was very very cool way of doing that. But I don't think there's many games that actually do that where it weaves into the story in the actual game itself. Yeah. Gameplay, on the other hand, there's a few examples of that. Uh, Goose, have you ever played any games, any like rhythm type games, like a Res, for example, where you're actually, it's that's a shooter. That, that's an example of a shooter uh, where you're actually creating music based on what you're doing. I think uh, Bit Trip Runner is another one where there's uh, your your uh, accuracy with the jumping and platforming actually affects how good the music sounds as you move from left to right on the screen. Uh, uh, short, short of uh, those uh, dancing arcade games where you jump on the arrows, have you ever tried <laughs> anything like that that uh, actually impressed you? Actually, yeah. The game a while ago, I, I'm trying to think of the name of it. I want to say it was called Frequency, but that may not be it. I think that's it, actually. I, that might, I could be wrong. I'm, that might be the follow-up to Res. I, I, I could be wrong about that. Yeah, that was the that was the last game that I really... It really felt like the music was not only just enhancing the game, but was definitely an integral part of it. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Vernon? Uh, you ever Dance Dance Revolution or anything like that at the the arcade back in the day? Or hey, you knock it, but it's fantastic. <laughs> get that get that heart rate pumping. Um, it's but, uh, no, I haven't. <laughs> what? It's exercise, if nothing else, right? Even right? if you're not good at it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I haven't played. Uh any other type of rhythm based games except for like DDR or something like that. DDR max, uh, <laughs> PS two days. Any, anybody, anybody yeah. who knows what I'm talking about, holla back. Um, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, it's, that's really, that's really it for me. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure if you've tried anything, Tony, the one that comes to mind for me would be the, uh, Chacha de Amigo game on the Dreamcast where you actually have to shake the maracas <laughs> in tune <laughs> in time to the music. Yeah. It's, it's more fun than you'd, you'd think actually. And, uh, very embarrassing too, I have to say, whether you're good at it or not. I was going to say, uh, well, no, as far as the Dreamcast goes again, I only bought that thing for the Resident Evil remakes, which surprise, surprise have now been ported to Latest generation console, so I don't feel. Different. I don't know why I bought the thing. Another oh, but, sorry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, as far as rhythm-based games, actually, there. Um, I don't know if we necessarily count Rock Band in the same vein as all of that. Yeah, um, I mean that's that's taking it to a level that. Uh, I mean, when I was a kid, I never would have assumed they could have uh, managed something that uh, that complex. But yeah, that that's a good point. You know, that's a multi-million dollar hit that's based off of uh, the music being the central hook. And uh, the the choice of the licensed music, you know, being the probably the biggest draw card, I'd say, next to actually getting to pretend that you're a rock star. Anyway, 
Um, right. Uh, there was actually one other game too. Well, I just I only tried the demo of it on a PS4. I don't even know how I saw it. Mm. Um, I'm pretty sure it was by the people that made. Uh, I think it was Harmonix. So the people that made uh, Rock or not Rock mm. Band, but uh, Guitar Hero. Guitar Hero, yeah. Yeah, they came out with a game actually not too long ago where it's kind of like you're on a track in the spaceship and you're just kind of like hitting the, the buttons to match the beat. Um, I actually found that pretty enjoying. I just never ended up actually buying the game, but I, I enjoyed the demo. So I think it, there's they're definitely interesting games. I, you know, I wouldn't um, just ne- neglect them all together. I'd definitely give it a shot. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Goose and I the other day were having an interesting conversation. I, I mentioned license music, license music about uh, some of the different choices there. Uh, the example that uh, that we were talking about was Batman for the NES. I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with it. Uh, this was a, a Michael Keaton era Batman game, so we're going <laughs> we're going fairly far back. Um, and obviously, anyone who saw that movie is aware of the fact that the Danny Elfman score is one of the highlights. Uh, I mean, to this day, that main Batman theme. When I think of Batman music, that's where my mind goes. It would have been very tempting, whether they could have got the rights or not, for them to simply, what, digitize, chiptune that music into that game. Uh, they instead, and I don't know the story behind it, but they instead went an op- a different route where they actually um, had music composed for it that was totally different. Ironically, uh, some of the best NES game music <laughs> ever produced for that game, when they would have had the choice of, of using something licensed. Um no, that's not to say that license choices are, are bad. Sometimes I think that they can be a little bit lazy. Uh, one area, and I think you'd probably all agree with me, the, one game that does it really well to the point where it's something that uh, the fans look forward to each and every series is Grand Theft Auto, of course, uh, where not only does it have a very wide list of a variety of different music, but the music itself is part of the immersion because, of course, you can turn it on and off as you see fit while you're driving around and creating bloody mayhem <laughs> uh any i know you've played gta before goose any highlights for you in terms of choices they made musically i i i know that there was a little bit of that in the woven into the dna of um red dead redemption as well although obviously there was no radio stations per se but uh anything any any uh grand theft auto highlights for you over the years uh regardless of the game I think with Grand Theft Auto, the best part about it is that even if it's a station or a thing of music you're not particularly into, it helps to add that little bit of immersion. Mm-hmm. That when you jump into a car, the radio is playing just like in the real world. Right. There's not much about Grand Theft Auto that you can relate one-to-one, but anything, <laughs> but anything that helps you become immersed in the world, and that is definitely a big part of it for me anyway. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Vernon? Uh, you... you... I don't know what your history is with GTA, but uh, is the the music stand out for you? Um, in Vice City and San Andreas. Oh yeah. Um, Vice City, uh, you know, I love the kind of the the I guess the the, the disco fever that they had going on with that one, yeah. and then Jeez. what was it, San Andreas that had um one particular song that I'm actually fond of, and I, I maybe maybe I dreamt this, but they had California from. Tupac and I'd have to Dr. assume Dre. they did. I mean, if they didn't, that what a missed opportunity that would be, right? <laughs> yeah, I could have sworn they had it, but like that, you know, that I, I love those uh, those soundtracks. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're you're probably the biggest GTA fan of all of us, Tony. Uh, what 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 game for you would have been the uh, the pinnacle for? Uh, uh, n- not taking into account the fact that a lot of the Steam titles over the years have had the soundtracks uh, ripped off. Uh, let, let's just, let's go with the best case scenario ones where the games are still intact. 
Well, uh, I mean, as far well, see, I like I love Vice City and the music they did. I, I mean, I think they just did a great job of matching up the, the the you know the tone they were trying to set with that game and the the time frame and the yeah the song choices they made. Cause I don't necessarily like that music, but I do like having it on. It re- um, it really is evocative, if not if nothing else, even if it's not your bag exactly. Um, right, right. But um, but yeah, five was uh, I think probably the best too. And there was actually it was great because I actually loved turning on the radio to certain stations and I actually picked up new you know new uh, tracks and new artists that I'd never heard of before. Now I'm listening to just because of GTA five. Yeah, the GTA effect. Um, I I don't know about you guys, but I've uh, I've looked up songs on YouTube and seen down below in the comments who's here because you see you heard this on GTA. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess uh, it helps when you got rockstar money to be able to pay for all this licensed music. Right. I mean, not everybody does, but if you're going to do it, do it well, I say. Right. Right. Uh, and if there's one other franchise I could throw out there too, that normally does it right. Um, is the need for speed franchise. Uh, they, I think they mm. normally do a great job, especially, um, um underground one of the best games of all time in my opinion um they definitely that was probably that's almost one of my favorite licensed tracks of all time yeah um you know if that makes sense but yeah i think they also do it very well yeah so of course it's not a choice for all for all games uh indie games tend to stick with stuff that's you know either original or artists that are a little less known um but yeah, where it, where it's done well, the licensed music can be really really excellent and uh, particularly help set a mood if it's a, a period piece. Um, here's a little one out of left field. Do any of you remember playing a game that had uh, what they used to call sort of a reactive score? Um, I'm thinking back in particular in particular to some of the later X-wing games. Um, they actually had a system of music whereby what was happening in the game. I, this tends to work best with orchestral music, obviously, would actually uh, affect which tracks started playing. Like if things were going really badly, <laughs> the music would start to uh, reflect that. Uh, this in a Star Wars game, you can imagine, you know, what if you lost badly, <laughs> of course, there'd be the sinister sort of uh, Emperor's Throne music played. And if things were going well and you'd be kicking ass, you know, you get the regular Star Wars theme, of course. Uh, it's kind of curious that they've uh, done. I, I don't know that I, I'd say they've done away with that in gaming these days, but I, I don't. I don't see nearly as much of that. Um, I think Transistor is a is a notable exception of that. That's that's definitely a game where every step of the way, along with the story, the uh, the music is is you know on point um, to to match uh, the the tone of the story and the emotion of the story at the time. Um, I mentioned or- orchestral music uh, generally, and, and uh, you dropped the dreaded C word uh, earlier, uh, cinematic, Vernon. Um, it's it's funny that you said movies because I was uh, I was definitely going to go there. Um, as as games have uh, you know, there's been this obsession with making games more uh, cinematic. Of course, uh, the music was going to get more cinematic too. So you've got these sweeping orchestral pieces. You've got You've got uh, people like uh, Chris Velasco and and guys like that that have worked in the, the TV and movie industry uh, as um, you know a game like Mass Effect. I think just about every composer on that has also composed pieces for movies and and other media as well. Uh, they're they're bringing in the big guns now uh, to write some of this stuff in the in the AAA titles. Um, you know that that sort of that that sort of investment in time and resources would have been unthinkable back before games became the uh, the huge uh, money spinner that they are now. Um, any games that really stand? We'll we'll leave Halo aside for the moment. <laughs> any games for you, Goose, that really stand out as having 
uh, like really excellent scores uh, for, of, that are that are very you know cinematic in scope. That if the game was a movie, you kind of see a one for one relationship there. Well, I'd say if I was going to look back, honestly, there are a couple games that would fit that category. The first would honestly be the Dragon Age franchise of all things, because hmm. it's definitely a game where. If you're just looking at the gameplay itself, it seems fairly ho hum. But when you add in the you add in the orchestral soundtrack, and it really brings it to a whole other level. Yeah. And if I were to mention anything else as like an honorable mention, the earliest um, Final Fantasy titles yeah, would be that's another fair. set that have, in particular, the um, NES and SNES era, because you can definitely tell not only that the limitations made them think of how to make the music sound interesting mm-hmm. without overdoing it or underdoing it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's to their it's to their um, advantage to have it as high quality as possible because you know if if the uh, Overland theme from Legend of Zelda had stunk, uh, I mean you're going to be hearing that song for what third of the game. <laughs> so all the better that you're actually going to spend some time doing something that people are going to be able to stand. How about right. you, Vernon? Uh, you you were the you'd brought up or or uh, cinematic experiences. Is there a uh, is there a game or a series that does it best in terms of sort of uh, copying that aesthetic or, or even improving on it? Uh, you know, I don't have to say that there's no way that game scores can't be better uh, or on par with movies. Um, I would give a good recommendation to either Elder Scrolls V Skyrim or Assassin's Creed 2. Just because uh, I really enjoy those soundtracks, and uh, you know, I think I listen to them even when I'm not playing the game. That's how that's how good they are, and that's that's how I treat movie soundtracks. You know, I listen to the soundtrack even when I'm not watch, watching the movie. So, you know, with that, uh, that just kind of is a is a signal of my enjoyment of the music um, yep. that that uh, that enhanced the product. Yeah, is there a series for you, Tony, that sort of uh, that you know that does the cinematic sort of movie score uh best out there uh, of any era modern or otherwise well you said we couldn't talk about halo so uh <laughs> well look there's no uh, reason so not to bring it that, up <laughs> um other than that uh really again i know we talk we talked transistor to death that would definitely be up there mm-hmm. and then um as you just mentioned definitely mass effect uh especially the third game i think had the best score of them all um but you know that yeah, I think that'd have to be on top three right there. If uh, anything else comes to mind, I'll have to just shout it while we're at some random point in the podcast. Because, yeah, uh, yeah my, my big three, I think, are definitely Halo, um, Transistor, and the Mass Effect series. Yeah. Yeah, I, f- I thought Mass Effect 1 in particular, the people uh, that they that were involved in the, crafting the music for that managed to nail the getting a science fiction movie feel to it down beautifully. Um, right. Uh, that that was I had not bought a game soundtrack in years uh, until I played that game and uh, that you know I knew right away that was going to be a favorite of mine. Which leads me to my next question. Um, I I'm disappointed sometimes with despite the fact that we have this extremely popular delivery system in Steam and you know you've got similar delivery systems on PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, why as many soundtracks as there are out there available for purchase and I think you guys would find as I often do that they're often paired with like a special edition or um, expanded edition sort of package uh, but sometimes available for purchase on their own why why is it that they is there is, is can anyone think of a reason why they aren't going out of their way to make the the soundtracks available for as many games as possible to me it just seems like an obvious revenue stream for them particularly if they're going to spend a lot of time 
an effort on the soundtrack. Uh, is there is there a is there a game that you wish Goose that you could get your hands on the soundtrack legitimately, but just isn't available out there through iTunes or Steam or whatever? Honestly, what comes to mind right away is that I can't really think of many that I've enjoyed that I can't get a hold of, to be honest. But then again, I don't. I mostly play the games that usually come with the soundtrack in a special edition type deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I find I do the same too. I, particularly if it's a by a designer or, or, or someone that I'm familiar with, I'm usually just grabbing it out front because I know I know I'm going to have to pay for it later. Uh, like exactly like I did with Transistor, I made the mistake of not buying the uh, soundtrack edition, <laughs> which I'm sure Tony's disgusted at me for. So now I've got to go back and uh, well, and pay I didn't, extra green. I didn't buy it either at first, but yeah. that's because I didn't, you know, I didn't know that what that game was really all about. So yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll offer it there. Uh, Vernon, is there a uh, is there a game that, to you that just screams, you know, why, you know, soundtrack? Why why can I purchase this that uh, you haven't been able to find? Nope. Um, I'm in the same vein as Goose. I, you know, if I can't buy it, I'll, and this is a little secret I'll share with people. Um, I download a lot of music just from YouTube because people mm. tend to, you know, people tend to find stuff and then upload it to YouTube. So the track is there. That's a good point. Um, yeah. You know, so you just, you find a, a good place to, to, I guess, download it uh, like a, like a website or something like that. And then, you know, Click the link, put it in, and uh, yeah, you go from there. Yeah, but uh, yeah, there's really not much that I can't that I that I can't find. Yeah, I uh, Tony, I think you and I have had this conversation before that I think both of us have taken the uh, taking the track of um, uh, another way of supporting a game that we really like after the fact is to go back and go in and buy the soundtrack if we don't already have it. I, I think for me, that's pretty much an across the board policy now. If I if I enjoy the game and there's a soundtrack available and I'd already have it, that's sort of the first thing I do after I after I finish the experience is uh, is grab the soundtrack. Uh, there ever been a case where you haven't been able to get your hands on on something that you thought would be worth uh, grabbing? Uh, you know, no. Although I'm again in the same boat as you know Goose and Vernon. I don't think there has ever been that kind of case. Although thinking about it now, I wonder if the uh, the Shovel Knight um, soundtrack is available because that's a, another mm. good tune era good one i don't know if that's if they would even make a, a quote-unquote soundtrack for that but uh yeah um otherwise no i mean as as far as something i really really wanted no again the the big ones i just mentioned i've all been able to get my hands on them can you buy soundtracks on the ps store and the xbox or the microsoft store or Not that i'm aware of uh i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure they don't hmm. yeah well, look, Steam has made a lot of improvements, although one one annoying thing is they won't allow you to buy the soundtrack for a game that you don't own, which is kind of <laughs> which That's is kind of disapp- yeah, it, it kind of sucks if you already own the game somewhere else, uh, as I do have in certain cases, so you end up having to buy the game a second time just because of the the way the interface works. You can't de- they treat it as DLC, you understand? So you can't download it unless you have the base game. So that kind of sucks, but um well, I, I might uh, I might finish off by just uh, asking some obvious questions. Uh, you know, favorite uh, favorite song perhaps in a, in a game, and, and just favorite game musics and soundtracks uh, generally that you've come across uh, in in your gaming uh, experience. Uh, how about you, Goose? Well, honestly, if we're going with favorite soundtracks, I got to go with an older title first, and that's got to be Mega Man Two. Mm. It's like the quintessential soundtrack when you talk about old school gaming. 
And honestly, it is, if I were making a top ten list of soundtracks right now, it would easily be in the top three, mm. if not at the top. Because even though, sure, technology's gotten better, the music has gotten quote-unquote bigger, but I don't think they ever were outdo what that game was able to do with such limitations. It's pretty impressive considering, you know, what that little tiny board on that uh, on that system was capable of doing, yeah, yeah. Um, any, any more modern ones that really stand out for you as uh, as favorites of yours? Oh yeah, definitely. I would say that like I'm agreeing with Tony that definitely Mass Effect Three definitely had an excellent soundtrack. Hmm. Whatever we may think about anything else, the soundtrack was definitely <laughs> soundtrack phenomenal. Was fault- faultless, yeah. <laughs> exactly, definitely. Yeah. And honestly, just here lately, Fallout Four, hmm. its soundtrack. Radio aside, I don't really listen to the radio much when I play it, but just the bass soundtrack. It really does help put you into the world a little bit more than, say, Silence would have. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Vernon? Uh, is there an old school and a new uh, game song or music that really stands out for you as a favorite? Well, I mentioned Skyrim and As- Assassin's Creed 2 earlier, but um, I have three retro ones, actually. Um, uh, the third for me is Chrono Trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, the second is Super Mario World, which I think it's interesting that they just morphed the same, I guess, song into different tracks for every level um so i thought that was really i thought that was really interesting and then um (laughs) mega man x uh, (laughs) the entire soundtrack for that game um i I really just god i love it i love it so much um so (laughs) that's those are my picks yeah how about you tony uh if any favorite songs soundtracks otherwise uh, whether old school or present uh, I think I've, I've pretty much named them all. Uh, yeah. Again, Halo, every every single game with Marty Odell, he's nailed it every every single game, you know, for the atmosphere and just the tone and the experience. Which, which um, Halo game would be best overall, though, for a soundtrack? I, I know that, uh, uh, that you and uh, Devil might disagree on this point, but... Uh... Uh, we probably do. I don't, I'd be interested to hear what his, uh, his favorite is. I, it'd be a good talk. I mean, the original is, you know, so iconic it's it's definitely got to be up there but if if not one then i'd definitely say probably three but i mean again they're they're all fantastic soundtracks odst reach i mean they're all great soundtracks but i'd have to throw it up to either one or three in all honesty um but other than halo again i've already mentioned transistor um but as far as favorite track as as goose was mentioning um in mass effect 3 i think it's one of the last songs on there i just i was just actually looking it up uh and end once and for all, or mm. yeah, um, mm. the one that plays out over the as the ending's just starting to queue up, even <laughs> regardless of what you may think of that. I like that, like, I can always pull that track in my mind. Like, it just, it just, I, I don't know, it just, it really defined that moment. Like, it is probably one of my favorite tracks of all time. Mm. Was that that ending piece right there, the piano score, and then how it builds up from there? Yeah, I, I definitely think that's one of my top ones. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I, I got a few worth mentioning. Uh, I'm also very fond of Mega Man 2. It's probably neck and neck with uh, Ninja Gaiden on uh, NES uh, as one of my favorites. And I, I have to I have to give it maybe slightly to Ninja Gaiden, just given that it is a more cinematic game, uh, given that it, you know half the game is bloody cutscenes. <laughs> um, in, in terms of modern games, probably Mass Effect 1, as, as I mentioned before. You know, as far as an orchestral score, I, I just... I, that. That's just, uh, you know, I can listen to that to this day. I've, I've probably listened ten times over. I think I, I think I own the soundtrack a couple times over as well too. Excellent. Uh, and I, and I do like where the second and third game reference some of the pieces in the first 
game. I'm, I'm sure you guys noticed that as well. But there's certain themes, like for example, the the Normandy uh, theme itself when you're walking around the ship uh, uh, is is constant. And of course, the galaxy map theme, which everybody is familiar with as well, gets sampled and and respun in the subsequent games too in a really uh, effective way. Um, I, I do have to give a shout out to a couple of, r- of really uh, well done indie titles of the recent years. The, the Cat Lady probably has best independent uh, soundtrack uh, I've ever heard, uh, and a very expansive one too for a, for a game that was uh, made with you know fairly modest tools. Uh, the Last Door also excellent, excellent, uh, and you know very much a period piece, but um, very evocative and. Uh, uh, sort of an honorable mention as a game that's while a modern game is has a very old school this aesthetic in a lot of ways is uh, faster than light um i i you could almost picture that game coming out of a super nintendo or nes and i think that was intentional that the way that it sounds but um yeah re- really excellent holds up and a game that if i didn't know better i would think was probably of that era um well, thank you guys. Uh, I, I wanted to get a, a crew of fairly knowledgeable types uh, for this. Uh, one, people that wouldn't that wouldn't be uh, scratching their heads when I mention these old games that um, <laughs> that uh, some of our listeners <laughs> may not be familiar with, uh, so as not to embarrass me. Um, as I mentioned up the top, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Enthusiax or our YouTube channel where all our video content resides. Channel Enthusiax. Um, our forum up. A link is up on the right-hand top of enthusiax.com if you want to join in the discussions there. Our email address for this podcast is pointstreak at enthusiax.com if you have any questions or feedback for the show or suggestions generally. Uh, Thanks once again to my guests, uh, Goose, Tony, and Vernon. Thank you, guys. And I will see you again on another episode of Point Streak. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you.